G'day and welcome to Radio Notes, where those in music talk life and those in life chat music and more. I'm John Merch, the producer and host. Thanks for joining me. Today, Cohen, Ellery Cohen, is our special guest. In the box. Before we do get to Ellery, let's have a look at some of the messages that have arrived via the email in the last few days, particularly those of new releases. First one up for today is from Nick J Music. Be Honest is the name of the EP and the release says that he's ascending having successfully navigated a series of youthful missteps. The music project of a young Australian musician called Nick Djokovic, a highly talented young pianist and composer. This is an exploration of self and sense. It's the brand new one from Nick J Music. Be honest, it's an EP from them. From some truly psychedelic, even Tam Impala-type vibes to a brand new full-length album from Nicole Atkins called Italian Ice. The wild magic of the Jersey Shore boardwalk has inspired the musics across the generation and Italian Ice is a record with such inspiration out by Nicole Atkins. Featuring a one-of-a-kind band. It's got members of the Bad Seeds, also the wonderful Dap Kings. I could spend ages talking about this release, but uh, for today, I'll just let you know that it's out, and I'll come back to it later. It's Nicole Atkinson's new one, though, called Italian Ice. Very excited for it to be out. Ben Platt's latest is So Will I, with the longtime collaborator of Michael Pollock at the start of a quarantine period amid some virus that's been going on. The song is produced by Finiez. They say, I had no idea for it while I was isolated and knew I wanted to write something that could speak to the moment. This is Ben Platt being quoted there. Who rocketed to fame in 2017, they say, as the star of the Broadway's Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, and there's one out uh, for Tones and I, uh, a song called You're So Effing Cool. Uh, marketed by Sony and Co. Uh, obviously has some swearing in it. There is a super clean edit, there's a clean edit, and then there's the explicit version, all clocking in at 2 minutes 53, proving that the three-minute pop song is not dead. Let's go to a chat that was recorded on the third day of April of 2020. Ellery Cohen, alt-pop singer-songwriter from Melbourne in Australia, has a trio of tunes, Us, Read Your Mind, and their latest, Change Like That. Are they all about the same relationship? Let's find out as Cohen joined us back in the first week of April 2020. Ellery Cohen, welcome to Radio Notes. How are you going? Great to have you on board. We will answer that question throughout our conversation, but the latest single is Change Like That. And at the top of it, we should say it relates to some mental health issues. So if some people are going to be a little triggered about those conversations, then Lifeline 13 11 14, that's 13 11 14, or resources at beyondblue.org.au. Interesting times we are in, and I genuinely would like to ask, how are you? I'm doing very well. It's a wild um, time to be living in at the moment, isn't it? It's like an unprecedented time. I don't think anything like this has ever happened before, has it? The first couple of months or so into this COVID-19 situation that we've found ourselves in. Now, you're on the East Coast, which is a bit more of a lockdown situation than here in the South. Yeah, Melbourne, we're kind of, I think we're at the moment, uh, we're, we're on stage, stage four, I think it's called. So it's pretty... Yeah, apparently people are getting pulled over for 
leaving the house and yeah, most most businesses are closed down. So it's a pretty wild time to be out and yeah. One of the things that grabbed me was the Premier of Victoria is a guy called Daniel Andrews and he tweeted that now is not the time to be buying guns and ammunition, so I'm going to lock that down. I'm like, okay, Dan, you've got some issues in Melbourne. Yeah, well, I don't think I don't think we had many guns here in Melbourne anyway, but, uh, you know, it definitely wasn't my first option was to go out and to buy guns. I think a lot of people are still buying lots of toilet paper. Maybe that's the, the main buyer for most people, I think, still. It's a safe space, Ellery. I'll be open. I bought some tissues yesterday as my just-in-case box. Yeah, tissues are definitely last resort. We got, I got given, like, the spare roll. There's a brand called uh, Who Gives a Crap. Someone gave me their emergency roll, which was very nice. But I think it was only single-ply, and I'm normally a three-ply kind of guy, so it was a bit of a change. Let's talk about music. The clarinet was the first instrument. Is that true? Violin was the very first instrument I ever played. I actually uh, grew up uh, in the church. My parents uh, used to take us to this like uh, really tiny Anglican church with the robes and the candles and everything. Um, and there was this girl that used to play violin. And I remember I was like, I was maybe three years old or something. I remember telling my parents, I want to learn the violin like that girl. But I knew that I wasn't very coordinated. So I kind of tried to stick it out, but I just was not. There was, I was not very good at all did note the clarinet it's a pretty funny story my parents i think they had a family friend who had a clarinet and then mum and dad were just like you know what you, you should learn how to play the clarinet and i remember i was so bad at it and I'd, I'd, i was learning it in school and i would always forget to bring it to school so i didn't have to do my my lesson like that my parents were paying for so every like wednesday i'd I'd have to go to my teacher and say, oh, I guess I can't, you know, come to practice today. I left it at home. Did she just give you a recorder just to get you through? She wasn't happy. I remember getting calls. Mum and dad were not happy with me that I kept forgetting it. So uh, I, uh, it didn't last long, that's for sure. I really wanted to play music, but I, just, I had no idea what, what I was going to choose. What was the family life like growing up? I grew up, my mum was a, um, a drug addict growing up. So she, um, my mum has a mental illness called borderline personality disorder. So growing up, um, it was pretty wild. Mum's behaviour was pretty erratic. She was pretty, um, pretty into alcohol. So having a mum who was an alcoholic and, and a drug addict um, in and out of rehab. And so a lot of my childhood, my, my dad kind of raised us and mum kind of bounced in and out of different facilities. It was a hard childhood because I guess back back in those days, like mental illness wasn't really spoken about. No one really knew. Not only did people not know what it was, but no one really spoke about it. You know, depression and, and anxiety and suicide is really common to talk about now. 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, no, no one spoke about it. I'm going to get back to that, but the cherry on top of that story, if you can say there is one, is that you got mentored by Molly Meldrum through Kids Undercover. He's a patron of this particular organisation. Having uh, my family upbringing and stuff like that, uh, I got a lot of cool opportunities. And um, I think in Australia, we're so blessed with the, the organisations that, you know, that we have access to. Uh, Kids Undercover kind of took me under the wing. And yeah, I got to um, perform music. And, and through that, um, one of their patrons was Molly Meldrum, who... Um, yeah, who really took an interest in into some of my music. 
Unfortunately, which was great when, when stuff started to kind of get fleshed out, um, this was when Molly had his big accident ah. and fell off fell off his ladder. That kind of took two or three years. And then from that time, stuff kind of, life happens. Super lucky to opportunities that I got to have in that, in that area. And it's such an awesome organization for people who don't know much about it. Kids Undercover, it's really, um, really cool. Some of the times that you had growing up may have informed who you became as a singer-songwriter, and of course, correct me if I'm wrong in terms of that, but it sounds like the father was the leader of the house at the time, but you've got brothers and sisters as well. Yeah, I'm one of five. I've got three sisters and one brother. Yeah, one of my sisters special needs, so she my sister has Down syndrome, is autistic, Growing up, not only with my mum being unwell, but uh, a sister who who was special needs really informed my, you know, me me as a person. I think you know, life is kind of what it is sometimes, and people probably hear my story and go, "Oh, how, like how did he how did he do that?" But you know, I actually have no frame of reference to to reference it onto to anyone else's life because you know, this is a life that I've kind of had to experience for myself. And when you do look at other lives, I guess for a bit of inspiration, the songs. For me, I, I really love to write about life experiences, and I just don't, yeah, I just don't see the point in just releasing music about, you know, kissing the girl in the club and making money. Like it's just not for me. That's not what I relate to. I want to create music that that relates to people, and um, yeah, the idea for that kind of came about with, um, you know, that that was kind of it hit at rock bottom for my sister, and I went like, what can I, what can I, what can I do? I want to express these these feelings that I have and um, yeah the idea came from you know let's let's write a song but instead of it being my perspective let's like what would she write if she was writing a letter to to my niece's dad what what would she what would she say to him how much of a voice did you get being one of five growing up oh well I'm second younger so I definitely didn't get a voice very much to be honest it's a very loud household that's for sure Anytime we, we hang out, not very much lately because of the virus, but um, it's a very, very loud household. Everyone in my family uh, doesn't really have a volume button, to be honest. Bedded this conversation, I guess, in the fact that I've been told that the trio of songs is Us, Read Your Mind and Change Like That. I raised the question at the start about are they about the same relationship? Are they? No, they're not. Change Like That is about me, myself. Us was no, it's a different girl. I actually had a single last year called Over You. It is about the same girl actually. It's about one girl, the same girl in Read Your Mind. So Read Your Mind was like a two part. Like I wrote it before I broke up and then after. And then Over You is kind of six months later. On my paperwork, I actually have that as well. Us doesn't fit in for me and I, I have Over You, Read Your Mind and then the idea that change like that is in a solo mode, you being in a situation looking at where you're at and, as well, the mental health issues that were occurring around the same time or after it. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what it is. Yeah, like if you look at my songs, it's kind of like a highlight of my life and, and what exactly is happening and try to be really honest and sometimes it's pretty, you know, it's pretty awkward to kind of, you know, you have to kind of wear your heart on your sleeve and I'm super lucky that, to do music but it's definitely not for the faint of hearted that's for sure 
was listening to a chat with the Joy FM Roots program and Joy Roots, I think it's called, talking about Holly the dog walker after 10 or 15 years. Are you back together with her? <laughs> that is so funny that everyone I know who listened to that interview brings it up. And what's even funnier is that I had people calling up. It'd be such a great story. You guys have done your research. What's even funnier is I actually think that she she walks my brother's dog now too. So glad that she doesn't um, keep in contact with any of my music because it would be pretty awkward if she heard all of these interviews about her, to be honest. Because the music's not about her. Like, she was way before the music was released. Well, that's the thing. It's like, this was like, they asked who was the first hit. And this was like, I haven't seen this girl since Fret. They just latched onto it on this interview, like, Oh, who's this girl that you kissed? I think it was maybe when I was five years old or something. This was probably in prep, my very first kiss in prep. I'm sorry, Ellery. I just it's on the record. I thought I'd just check in where we're at. You've definitely done your research, that's for sure. Something else I've done my research is when I was a radio broadcaster back in the day, which was only a few years ago, but in 2014, October thereof, around my birthday, songs I wrote, Tears I Cried, I played Patronize on the wireless. Thank you for that. Wow, that's bringing me back. That was the first EP. That was the first taste. I'm not sure if people can still get it online. Maybe you went through a new phase and it's not available, and that's fine as well. Now into your 20s. What was happening around the Songs I Write, Tears I Cried era? That was when I just kind of got into music. I, um, I just started, uh, I, did, I did a music degree, and I just started my music degree at uni. So I just turned 18, and I just kind of broken up with a girl. And then from that, I, I started uh, started uni and that was kind of the crazy thing, you know, like a fresh start and then, you know, I just ended the relationship. So, you know, I really wanted to kind of, I had kind of like a, a mid-20s uh, crisis and I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do music, that's it, I'm going to do music. I had all these songs, but it was kind of awkward because I had like five tracks and they were all about her. And this was like when I just started out, so it was like, you know, the only people that were really listening to my music was my friends and my family. <laughs> so everyone knew who the songs were about and that's why it was just so awkward. Anytime we ran into each other, it's like we both kind of knew that the songs were about her. How do you, as a singer-songwriter then, who is drawing from that particular well, a well that sounds like it's been dug a few times and filled with tears many times as well, how do you keep that spark in your writing that doesn't become just an open diary of wounds? I'm, I'm just a super honest person in general. People tell me that I have absolutely no filter at all, which I definitely don't. I don't have a filter. I just, like, I just feel as I just tell life how it is. Like, I don't see the point in lying about stuff. I think if that's the reality, just say what it is. And I'm kind of the same in my music, to be honest. Like, I just I want to tell it how it is and just be real. I don't think you need to lie about stuff. And for me, it's like, you know, I get such a good opportunity to share stuff. And once you kind of break down those walls of like, oh, this is what I'm experiencing, you kind of see that other people kind of have the same stuff going on too. You know, it's not just me battling with breakup or, you know, just life in general, but everyone kind of has that stuff going on. Last year was a bit of a tough one. And I guess being open about how you were feeling at that time meant a lot of people giving you some pretty, well, frankly, insane advice based upon maybe not knowing what you were actually going through at the time. 
How did you get through that particular process? And I guess I'm not asking for a 10-step plan, but I'm more asking, as someone who's now released a song about those times, how did you click yourself into getting back to where your heart was, which was in the songwriting? Yeah, that's the thing. Like when I first pitched this song to my team and my publicist and stuff, and she, we had a massive phone conversation. Said like, how far are you gonna? How far are we gonna push this? Like, do you really want to get into deep details about it? Because she said, if you're gonna run this song, like, you're gonna be doing interviews and you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to talk about this. And you know, and I said, I really want, you know, I really want to be honest and 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 share with kind of where I'm at like I'm not ashamed of and that's even in the thing like I'm not scared to talk about it I really want to to be honest you know the story kind of was that life kind of just hit rock bottom and I kind of got to the point where I just didn't you know I I, I was like I don't know if, if life is kind of what I want to do anymore I wouldn't say that I I wanted to be to be dead as such like I definitely didn't want to be alive anymore but it wasn't so much uh that I wanted to be dead it was more that I just didn't want to feel the way I did anymore and for me in my mind suicide kind of was the best way to stop the way that I was feeling someone asked me this the other day in an interview they said like what do you suggest for people that that feel the way like that because so many people do I mean the number one killer for men is is suicide and i, I think we, we we just have so many resources in australia for people who actually are struggling like start the show you said lifeline we've got kids helpline for people who you know are a bit younger you know beyond blue we've got so many organizations that are there for people i think the number one thing that we can do is to actually just ask people how they're going like just be there for people be a friend for someone that is struggling ask people how they are going every day you know I've got friends and family who every single day ask me how I'm going I get a message from them every day hey how are you feeling today hey what are you doing and I do the same thing for other people too I message people every day hey how are you going what's happening how are you feeling today I think that's kind of where it starts like we actually need to be there for people what I'm hearing Ellery it's more that than the actual writing as a singer-songwriter that might have got you through that particular aspect that you could actually see cliche it's the light but a sense of community that you could actually hook into at that particular time that's for sure and for me music is just a is just a way to express things and for community and music is one of those things and people ask me like why music why do you why do you do music and for me it's Music is one of those things that in every single culture around the world, there is music. There's, there's nothing else that we see. You know, there's different languages, there's different cultures. But in music, every single culture has music. It's creating this thing that actually resonates with, with all types of people. You can have people from 50 different countries who can listen to a song and still relate to it. What song can you listen to now that you couldn't listen to during those times? Oh... Hmm. I'm I'm actually pretty bad with that kind of stuff because I I like to wallow in my sadness, which is really bad. And I know lots of people do that, and I'm really bad at it. If I'm in a really bad mood, I'll often like uh, lean into it, and I'll just listen to sad stuff that'll then make me more sad. So there isn't anything that I really, you know, when I was going through a breakup, I would just listen to all breakup songs. I'd go on a Spotify and I'd type in breakup playlist and I would only listen to 
<laughs> these sad breakupy songs instead of happy stuff. I've got another existential question. I'm just going to throw out to you. I've just I did jot this down as I was sort of listening to those uh, three songs. And when I say three songs, I mean "Over You," "Read Your Mind," and the current single "Change Like That." And it was this: Is it easier to respect someone's decision? than the circumstances their decision puts you. Yeah, that's the thing with relationships and, and, and breakups. And and I think relationships are one of those things that people get get hurt and invested in. And, and that's with life just in general. You know, stuff becomes difficult when we invest our time and our heart and our treasure into it. And when stuff doesn't go our way, that's when we get disappointed. And I think understanding that a relationship is actually like a two-way street like you want to love someone and you want their love in return you can't force someone to love you and if you love them back you kind of need to respect their decision and for me it's really important that you know I release music that's honest but also it's kind of respectful I don't want to release songs that are like this is you and you're the worst and you know I, I kind of after I have a breakup I kind of I want to express it, but I don't see the point in, you know, in bad-mouthing people. I mean, they've got a life to live as well. The cover art of this particular current single, that being Change Like That, is, I would guess, the actual text message that you hold dear within your phone at the time that you were at the low. Is that the case? And do you still have that message as a reminder, as a bit of um, internal faith that people are reaching out when you need them? Well, here's the thing. A lot of people ask me about, about the cover and I got about a site like people on both sides, you know, well, why would you post that? The real thing was that this was kind of in my kind of my lowest point was when I, you know, I really wanted to reach out to someone and I, I reached out to someone who'd reached out to me previously and I kind of shared where I was at. And instead of kind of receiving a positive response, it was all kind of negative. Oh, I'm glad you didn't do that because if you did do that, you know, you'd be going to hell and, it was all very negative. It was all, oh, you shouldn't do that. And, you know, one of the messages I received from that guy was like, you just need to man up. You just need to kind of get over it. And I think that's, that's our culture sometimes. And that's what I really wanted to talk about in the song. In the chorus, it talks about, you know, they say that you'll soon be feeling better. It's just the weather. When we were writing this song in the studio, we wanted to kind of lift the kind of reasons people say that, that mental illness exists. You know, oh, it's just the weather. You just need to get some sun or you just need to not think about it. And I think mental health and mental illness isn't just a phase for some people. Like, I think mental illness is one of those things where it's, it's, it's a change in what's normally expected. If something bad happens, you would obviously feel bad. But I think when it pushes beyond that, that's where, you know, it's an, it's an issue that kind of needs to be sorted out. Thanks for sharing that. I, I was curious to get the sense of where that was coming from and interesting that other people have had that conversation with you about the releasing of the text more than if it's um, a real text and all, all those kind of things. Those numbers again, lifeline 131114, beyondblue.org.au. I want to lighten the mood as we, we round out, if that's okay, not to trivialise, but uh, just to lighten the mood. You're a and cat. on a good note, that's what I like. Well, are you a cat guy? I, here's the thing, I'm actually both a dog and a cat guy. At my house at the moment, we have a cat and a dog. We actually, at my parents' house, we had a cat and a dog. Every house I've lived in, we've had cats and dogs. What's your favourite dog? 
I would probably say maybe like a lab. I kind of love Labradors. I had a um a Springer Spaniel growing up. We had a Springer Spaniel for since I was born to it died a couple of years ago. So I kind of really would love to get a dog one day for sure. Ellery Cohen, it has been a pleasure to speak with you and your kind of open and candidacy in songwriting is very important, particularly in these times, but also where other people aren't willing to speak about the issues. Thanks very much for joining Radio Notes. Thanks, Pete, for having me. Ellery Cohen, latest single is Change Like That. The music video features dancers Rebecca Rootley, Talia Foster and Guada Barnes, directed by Gabrielle Rea. Cohen can be found across the socials as Ellery Cohen. I should just be clear, at the top, uh, during the In the Box, I was saying that the new Tones and I had been dropped, and um, look, I may have sounded a little dismissive, I think, uh, but when you've got swearing in the title, it's guaranteed to get a million or two views if they've done a music video, and I can't find that yet, but I'm sure in the coming days there will be a video for that. It's just going to rocket up the charts. But at the same time, there's been great music, like music that's been produced by our guest who will be joining us next episode. Let's hear a little from them. It is an album album, which we rarely get yeah. these days. Yeah, it felt like that, and which is weird because some of the songs were made entirely you know like in, in a kind of different period and then we revisit them and it, it felt like that that record to me feels like some records i feel like a wildlife photographer you know like mm. you kind of that there, there are things in front of you and you don't want to disturb them too much you can just kind of capture it you know like whereas that record with tara felt more like somewhere between a collage artist and and a, and a sculpture where you just have a block of stone and you just keep chipping away a little bit and then you kind of come at it the next day and there's another and you might spend an entire day and you just get two chips right and you go okay well we feel closer to what it's going to be at the end now so very painstaking way of making a record with just two people in a room writing as you're producing as you're it was quite time consuming i guess and we'd re-edit and revisit and you know maybe we thought about it too much but um I think what's there is what Tara would have wanted. Yanto Browning, we're going to have an in-depth conversation about my album of the year for 2020 from Tara Simmons. That's next time. Hi, I'm Cynthia Toro. My latest album is Moments, and I'm coming up on Radio Notes. Thanks very much to our feature guest this week, Ellery Cohen. Just a couple of singles out at the moment, but of course when new music's been released from them, I definitely would like to welcome him back on the show for a further chat. That's Ellery Cohen, our feature guest from today. Radionotespodcast.com for show notes and links. Web design there by Steve Davis. Theme music by Martin Kennedy and All India Radio. I'm Tammy Weller. John Murch is the producer and host based in Adelaide, South Australia. 